You're listening to the Just Jazz and Co podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what of ambitious careers with me, Just Jazz, and many guests. I'm a multi-passionate, wildly ambitious lover of tea and R&B. I'm also on a mission to guide more high achievers to the careers and lives they deeply desire through coaching. Yep, you heard me. Desire. No shame or secrets about it. Here, we boldly embrace ambition by owning, being, and doing more in our careers. And in each episode, we break down the barriers to creating something that will make you and everyone you know step back in awe while keeping it simple. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Just Jazz and Co podcast. Today I certainly have a and co, a guest that I'm really excited to have this conversation with. Today I have Danielle Meadow-Stinnett with me. Hi Danielle. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. (laughs) Good, 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 good. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, Again, I'm Danielle Meadow-Stinnett. I'm CEO and creative director at Octane Design Studios, which is a 13-year-old digital marketing and branding firm based in the heart of the bluegrass. That's where the bourbon and the horses roam free. Um, I love the fact that my team consists of uh, six women from across five different countries. I love the fact that I, I get to sit here every single day and do what I love, which is using the strategy of play to help solve marketing puzzles. Oh, that's amazing. Also, I love the fact that you clarified the bluegrass because I was going to be like, where are we talking specifically? But you said bourbon and I was like, yeah, okay, I've got it in my mental map. (laughs) I've got it there. And that's, I think there's there's so many parts that I want to like dive into in terms of that building your team, but also just getting to do this kind of work and taking the approach of play. So I think I actually want to start there in terms of the work that you do. What was the journey to connecting marketing with play? Like, what what was that? Um, I've always been like a little bit more of like a retro gamer. So that's kind of my background a little bit. Mm-hmm. I enjoy strategy, but it even grew deeper as I became a parent. And now I have three beautiful boys and I use that same strategy that I use for my family um, in my workplace. And I love the fact that I can use, again, that strategy of play is really referencing to um, the 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 mental game that we play a little bit in order to get to the end result of something. So again, being able to figure out how marketing is working for a small business, how we can better enhance someone's visual presence by using strategy. Um, These are all things that we have, I've been able to use to grow my business, but also grow other people's businesses. Mm, I love that. I'm a big fan of us taking the parts of ourselves and infusing them into our day-to-day. I think quite often we can think about our careers as this sort of abstract thing, like a a different version of ourselves, so to speak, right? We have to have a different persona and that persona shows up as opposed to going, no, this is who I've always been and I'm bringing her to work. I'm bringing him to work. I'm bringing them to work and we're going to make some magic that way through me being, being me and seeing those parallels that I've always seen but just targeting them at a different aim, a different goal, a different person's business, a different strategy, a different sort of outcome. I think that's so, so interesting. I know for me, the more that I get to do that in my role, the more fulfilled that I am. Same. (laughs) 
yes. check that box because I, I definitely feel more confident, empowered in myself uh, and confident in my team because we are aligned in the same way. And I think that also brings an extra level of um, just kind of unique team building um, that you mm-hmm. can you can find in corporate America. But I think it's extremely unique to us just because we are a team of women who are building it for a a lot of other women. 60% of our clientele are BIPOC or women-owned businesses. Amazing. So it is like being embedded in the solution as you're kind of bringing it to life in terms of all of these businesses and being able to watch it grow. I think I think that's so huge. I went to a business networking event yesterday and it was a panel and then they had Q&A and there were just so many people just raising their hand and, you know, asking questions like, when do I raise funding? How do I find a board member? When do I hire a senior member of staff? And one of the things I remember reflecting to my friend and I just said, I don't think these women have been told that there are experts out there. So it doesn't always need to look one way, right? And it's a, it's a conversation I have all the time where we we go into business and we copy paste the corporate template. So I need to grow my business. So I need to hire some senior director of growth with tons of experience who I can barely afford. Mm. As opposed to going, wait, wait, I need a solution. Mm-hmm. Who can get me that solution? And that might be a consultant. That might be a business mentor. That might be... Um, it might still be a higher, but, you know, even things like fractional, we're seeing like the fractional ro- role sort of pop up where people are saying, yeah, I'm at this level in the game, but I'll come and see you every Monday. Mm-hmm. And we can still mm-hmm. make it work and I'll hand the stuff over to your team to do right. and you can still get results that way. And I think it's 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 very easy to just copy paste. And especially when we have this conversation as women of color, the template wasn't made for us. <laughs> right, exactly. So it, and technically it never included us, to be really honest. So we had to create our own seats and build our own tables. Yeah. It didn't. So it is, there's just so much within that that is second nature, it seems for you, but it's still a game change. It's still a, ah, oh, I can do that. Yes. I can run my business this way. Mm-hmm. I can be conscious about certain decisions. And that's Oh my God, allowed. yes. But not only allowed, it's it's profitable. Like it's not risky. <laughs> like I can build a whole team of BIPOC people and run my business. That has, nobody gonna come and tell yes. me off. <laughs> right. That's so true. I I, I love and I love that you mentioned that because um, recently on a podcast, um, another person who's kind of influential in this industry had mentioned that in order for them to take themselves seriously, they had to mold themselves a certain mm-hmm. way and she she talked about it as if she had pride in it and there was mm-hmm. <laughs> for me it was just Ooh. like oh <laughs> x marks the spot like no i mm-hmm. feel like in order for me to be comfortable to in order for me to provide a service for anyone i need to be comfortable in my own skin and so for me to be able to fold into a mold just so it's digestible for other people mm-hmm. is not be honoring myself um, so I couldn't do what I do and do it to the full extent of what I could do because I'm being limited by a mold that tells me I have to look, speak, dress a certain way. And I'm very much, um, you know, against that. I want you to be your truest form. That means showing up in pajamas every single day. Um, you're doing 110%. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, 100%. And I think that's one thing that excites me about all the guests that I get to talk to on this show is that it's really exemplifying that 
there is no template. They shouldn't, there shouldn't be a template. It should just be you showing up as you every single day. You make the decision as you, you run your business as you, you make the career decisions as you. We have to let go of that because I feel the same way where I'm just like, you're proud of this acrobatics that you're doing every day. Cause I'm exhausted. Right. But if the, okay. But also as somebody who was about to go down that route. Like my squiggly career started off very corporate. Then I worked for small businesses and ended up in tech. And I have to say that put me in an environment that exemplified the permission for me to be myself, right? Because yes. even at the initial level, I swapped all my shirts and my ties and suits for like jeans and converses. So right. that as well was like, this is new. This is allowed. <laughs> What else is allowed? Let's see what goes on. And, and, you know, that's the physical manifestation of it. But internally, you have to go through that process of rebuilding that self-trust that you've just given away. You've given away to the rules of the game. You've given away to corporate. And I'd love to hear from you, were you always unashamedly yourself? Or was that a growing experience? How did that, how did that come to kind of shape throughout your career? Absolutely. So I started my real design career. Like I think I've always been in the creative realm. I come from background journalism and technical theater. So when I went into actual tech, it was more so of, I need to find a space where I can still have those pieces of myself, the parts where I'm still picking up hardware and, and building things. And the other part of that, which is the fl- the language, being able to have the voice and the messaging. So I do feel like those two worlds collided when it came to tech, but it started out in a slow grow. Very humble beginnings. I was uh, a pr- already pregnant with a two-year-old toddler in a 500-square-foot, one-bedroom apartment. That's really where this started from. And I had to come from two places, a need of wanting to provide, but then also a, a need of wanting to thrive. I knew that I needed to do this, not only for my children, but for myself. And for a lot of women, especially women of color, when we're in those situations, I was 21 years old, and I had to figure out very quickly Um, how to navigate what I wanted with also what I needed to do, which was to provide for my family. But at that time, my head was in a million different places. I wanted to have that whimsical, make it rain, like feel for myself. But I also knew that I had to get up the next day and wash two babies. I had to get up the next day and put food on the table. So I think we as women of color, we understand that dynamic very seriously. Um, We've lived and played that out more than probably 20 or 50 times in our heads. And I think it's really important that when we talk about whether or not the thrive, the hunger, was that independence always there? Yes, I've always kind of gone against the grain in areas, but it grew and it grew extremely quickly in how I wanted um, and how I got Octane where it is. So I feel like in a lot of ways, yes, that that spark was there, but it took several ebbs and flows, several hills and valleys to get it where it is now, where it's like unapologetically confident. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's huge. The ebbs and flows. And I think even the journey of parenthood, I think Mm. what you've said has echoed so many conversations that I've had with my parent friends who super ambitious before baby (laughs) rocked up to to lunch with that baby and said it's go time if these people (laughs) thought I was playing with them before I'm not playing any games this time because this small human 
They need Mm -hmm. to see something different. They need to see me create the world that I want for them. And I was just like, well, damn. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because I don't yet have kids. I would like to have kids. And one of the questions in the back of my mind, not necessarily all the statistics that we see about income impacts and stuff like that, it's Mm -hmm. where does my ambition go? Correct. Once family is a part of the pie, right? As, as a coach, we use a tool called the wheel of life. You've got love, finance, leisure, da, 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 da. When the kids slide in, where does that go? And mm-hmm. I've seen more and more people be quite vocal about it looking different, a different pace, more boundaried, aiming higher, right? Yeah. All of those different mm-hmm. things, just watching it evolve. And it's a conversation. I, I'm always there with my pen and paper and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Okay, when did you have that realize like, breastfeeding at 2 a.m.? Okay. Okay. Right. Mm. I mean, I, I, see can this. Honest, I can honestly say, like, it it definitely was not necessarily a light switch moment, but it was a I progressively knew the further I got into it that I didn't want certain things. I knew better mm-hmm. what I didn't want, and I knew more of what I did want. So I think that was really the kind of the pivoting and turning point for me, understanding that society keeps telling us as women of color, the only place you can be is either working for working for working for someone, working in a home and I hope some, some sort of home based service feel um, and then also uh, or working like in a factory sort of feel. And I feel like that is what I experienced. I tried multiple different avenues to see how that was going to work for myself. And it just Mm -hmm. didn't come to pass. And it just kept further urging the need that I need to step up and create that path for myself. Um, It didn't, it didn't hurt also that (laughs) I come from Mm -hmm. a a third generation of entrepreneurs. So um, this is also something where I've seen other people maintain a nine to five, but still create their own paths. Um, Mm -hmm. I've also watched, watched family members, everyone from grandparents to uncles to cousins now that have created their own path straight out of the gate. And I think that was also very encouraging to me in starting my own path was I've seen it done. I've seen that representation before. Now I can find and forge my own path for myself. Yeah, that's huge. And that's something I can definitely relate to. Both of my parents are quote unquote side hustlers and have been my entire life. I've always known my parents, both of them respectively, as two different things. Dad's carpenter and DJ. Mom is like admin ops, but also creative, like graphics, textiles, all of that stuff all the way through. So, and this is another conversation I was having with somebody the other day. I, I kind of, when I get into the entrepreneurial space, I take for granted that my upbringing means that I didn't look at entrepreneurship as, I don't know, a breeze let's put it that way i Mm -hmm. i didn't romanticize it because i've seen that it means things like if i don't show up to work i don't get paid i've seen that it means i will meet you at the birthday party because i need to go to a client to check in on xyz i've seen that it means i need the phone rings it needs to get picked up yes i'm watching tv but the phone's ringing and if the phone's ringing that means money So it's that sort of stuff that I grew up around seeing the reality of it, but also seeing the abundance that comes with it, seeing that, wait, I'm surrounded by people who know how to make money. And I took that skill for granted, especially going through my formal career journey. So, you know, you go, you go to university or college in the US (laughs) and you come out and everyone's like, I ain't got a job. And I'm just like, I don't have a job. However, I can make them. I am washing some cars. 
There it is. I am doing some copywriting. I am mm. I am working in some shops of some family members. I am doing what it takes to pay my little phone bill. That's right. And again, another thing I took for granted until I got into the space and I was like, really? This is you you're paying a coach to answer these questions? <laughs> and not me. Like this is me sitting in a room with others going, Oh, I could just ask my dad that. Oh, I've seen that mm-hmm. one. I remember, you know, the summer of 98. Yeah, yeah, that that lesson got learned that way by osmosis. Right. There you go. I love that. That's wonderful. I I definitely feel like the lessons that we as people who have watched other entrepreneurs grow up and out, I feel like the lessons Mm -hmm. we took from that has helped completely define what we think that we are capable of because Mm -hmm. we watched our, our ancestors, we watched our family members go through much tighter situations so when we fill up against that grind it actually is more of no i've 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 seen worse actually you know what i can doesn't necessarily permit (laughs) Mm. but it definitely gives you that i guess that upper edge the tougher the tougher lip the thicker skin to knowing what you can actually um handle yeah 100 percent. and i guess in terms of your journey of building the business or businesses it feels like businesses I feel like we should be in the plural space with this um what did that journey teach you about yourself oh my goodness so much um, that I can endure all things with time um that uh, I feel like in a lot of ways I am so unique that I'm able to experience what I have experienced and also share it with other people Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, Octane has been such a platform for women's stories and their testimonies of how they've been able to literally endure, breathe and transform fire. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I encourage more than anything through my story um, is to encourage women that that you can pivot, that you can kind of morph into whatever that is. If that's a nine to five or if that's an entrepreneur 24 seven, you are capable Uh, of doing it and doing it with the right type of team and the right type of support. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I think it's a very special privilege to be a part of other people's journeys in the way that you are lending your skills towards the growth of another person and growing yourself while you're doing it. It's something that I can relate to as a coach, but something that always just feels somewhat sacred because Mm. even hearing you speak, I hear it's palpable, like the belief in your clients, the sense of, and this isn't like a, a grabby ownership, but a sense of like, I'm, I'm here for you to win. I want to mm-hmm. witness you win with every fiber of my being. And I think it's huge to have more of that, right? We're having this conversation and I love that you've got Sonic the Hedgehog and you've got Black Lives Matter today and tomorrow. And there's a sense of purpose in that. And I wonder, what is that for you? What would you say is your mission with the work that you do with Octane? Um, More than anything, tell stories because that's what, and that's what truly outlives time is, the story. And I'm really thankful that I can one day work with um, uh, children and families that are affected by congenital heart disease one day. And the next Mm -hmm. day I can work with um, Black farmers in Kentucky um, for nonprofits and agricultural growth. Um, 
one minute I can be behind women in tech and building um, ventured websites for future um, aspiring women in tech to being able to just talk on a podcast about um, how women in tech are are underseen, underprivileged, underhired um, in a lot of ways. So I love the fact mm -hmm. that I can uplift other women's stories because at the end of the day, um, we are our words and we are, and the words are kind of what we live by. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's huge. And and the fact that it is what's left, it is what's left behind, you know. So even as we record, I've experienced a bereavement in my family. And we are, so my family's from Jamaica. We're going to Jamaica hmm. to have the funeral, celebration of life, etc. And my husband asked me, you know, what am I most looking forward to? And I said, it's sitting with the elders and hearing the stories that I mm. wouldn't otherwise get that aren't for Zoom or a phone call. They are for quite right. literally sitting around the fireplace or just on the veranda with mm. some variety of rum beverage. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. And I'm just, I'm just soaking it all in. That's what the legacy becomes. That's how mm. we share the legacy. That's how we know of the legacy that we come from. And it's a huge thing that's top of mind for me is just to be a sponge to all of that, because yes. I think we often take for granted and I say this to somebody who works with people about personal brands and I enjoy marketing. Like if I wasn't a coach and a community manager, I'd be living my best marketing life somewhere in the corner of the world. <laughs> ah, yes. But stories are what transform. It's not necessarily mm -hmm. the platform. It's not necessarily the brand color or the font or the, it's the story. Because mm -hmm. that's what I'm, I might forget your entire name. I might forget the name of your business, but I can go to a friend and go, we were having this conversation. They were sharing how when this happened in their life, they did this and that, 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 that remains. Yes. And all too often we hide our stories. Don't think they're important. Mm -hmm. Or, and this, I guess, becomes the sad part is that life has somehow made us believe that it's not important, that you're being right. too much, mm -hmm. that how, how dare you, first of all, have a story, but then also tell me the story. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, how dare you take time in this presentation to give me some story? How dare yeah. you remind me how you got to this place of the expertise that you're pitching to me? How, how dare you take up that much space? Agreed. Own yes. Your journey in that way. And it holds people back. It does. And I feel like it's really interesting. I love that, that you that you say that because I think mm -hmm. a lot of women, especially for women in tech, we don't think that way all the time. We always just think within our box. And it's really hard for us sometimes to kind of get out of our fishbowl. And mm -hmm. I love the fact that when you say that, I hope that like people just really spark up about that because we have been told that our stories aren't meaningful. We have been told that, you know, we don't do enough to earn this type of credibility of some sort, this mm -hmm. this uh, ability to tell our story. But it actually is 
us just simply breathing that we have the ability mm-hmm. to tell our story. We have just as much right, eager opportunity to do it. And so I love the fact that in my particular job and position, I kind of get behind, right? It's not just the design part. It's also the internal building that we build, that internal confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to take that interview. Or it's the internal um, confidence in the self-speaking that we have been able to do that we encourage people to be able to build out that second store or being able to, you know, build upon their next website um, so that it's bigger and has more inventory than what it did before. Um, we just really encourage people to step out. And that comes from both the the component of compelling visuals. It comes from the compelling understanding of story, but it also comes from a sense of internal um, speaking to self. And I love the fact that Octane covers all three. This episode is brought to you courtesy of The Vault, my membership that is the secret weapon for high achievers everywhere. Through our private podcasts, monthly group coaching and intuitive networking, we have a community of folks who get it and are busy go-getting. Go to justjazz.co forward slash vault to join us today. So as you were saying that, I was thinking of more than graphics. So I was thinking that being not only the title of your podcast, but your hashtag, your movement. And and is that what you've just shared a lot of the background behind that? Like, how did you come up to like, this is the hill that I'm going to die on. This is, this is, this is the slogan, right? This is, this is the phrase that you want to think of when you see me. Where did yes. that come from for you? It actually came from a compliment from a friend. She said it in passing, like, can you just sell more than graphics? And I'm just like, at first, I kind of took it at that time. I was in a place where I wasn't taking compliments very well, right? That mm-hmm. self-talk that we tell ourselves when someone gives us a really good compliment, but we still kind of, no, I'm not. Like, mm. Mm. And I was still in that place. But over time, as that became more and more apparent, uh, more and more apparent for me that I could be an authority figure in my space, um, the more confident I felt with using that. Um, as a way to kind of, yeah, I'm more than graphics. And it went from a compliment to a hashtag to a podcast. And so now I, I really use that as a mantra now for women in tech and women in the creative space to kind of let their hair down. We are mm-hmm. more than dot, dot, dot. For me, that's graphics. Um, mm-hmm. And in other areas that could be, I'm more than a doctor. I'm more than um, a technician. I'm more than a secretary. I'm more than an artist. And I just really encourage women um, who are listening to that to that space to be more than whatever that is and know that mm-hmm. it's a virtual safe space for women to just talk about um, the complexities of rising and living in the tech and creative fields. Yeah, it's huge. We need more spaces like this. It will naturally be linked in the show notes because I think certainly for me, stepping into the tech space, what, seven years ago now? Mm. All right. It was a lonely place to be, not only as a Black person, but as a woman. I was like, what is, what kind of twilight? And I'd come from corporate. So I was like, (laughs) what are you doing or not doing to give me this team photo? Mm. Okay. I mean, use the team photo specifically, because for me, especially when I work with clients who are BIPOC or diverse in any way, the team photo is where we're going to. The job could be amazing, but if I see a bunch of the same people in gilets, 
if I get to that interview and choose to, I'm going to ask you some questions. Yeah. So this is not me saying yeah. we're dismissing, you know, I don't, I think I've grown to the point in, in my skill and my career where I've built my own network. So I'm fine if I just so happen to be the only black person, but I'm not going to be that way for long. We're going right. to have some conversations. Yeah. I'm not going to be the only woman for long. We're going to have some conversations and that in and of itself takes a lot to build. But I think it's so important mm-hmm. to exemplify that we can be 3D. Yes, that's it. That is, I feel like in a lot of ways that that conversation is just being had in, mm-hmm. in a lot of areas around the world, but I really feel like even more so in in places where here in America and I'm sure over in the UK, it's very much like we have got to figure out a way to make this 3D model happen a little mm-hmm. bit more easy, easier for us. Um, obviously, it's so easy for our male counterparts, <laughs> but yeah. I think it's really important that for women, we've got to find the space where we feel comfortable not only going into that space, but bringing other people alongside of us so that support becomes stronger. Um, you know, with <laughs> with my kids, I tell my kids all the time, you know, our, our I have three boys, and so they're very much like uh, make some sort of like a reference to the three braided cord, like a rope, and has three strands. Mm. The, the more you are together, the stronger the bond becomes and becomes less breakable. Um, yeah. And I think that's really how I see every single time women in these spaces. When you're going in there as a single strand, yes, that can be very intimidating. That can be very hard. But just know mm-hmm. that by you making that way as a strand, you can bring three more strands. And now you're a formidable bond um, that's really mm-hmm. almost unbreakable. Yeah, that's huge. And I guess. I want to take this opportunity to ask you what you would say to the listener who is that single strand. What can she do to see change, create change, take up more space, whatever that looks like for her? What would you say to her? I would say that she is probably her ancestor's dream. And that mm-hmm. should be the motivation for you to step further into the unknown because there were people with less than that same blood that runs through their veins hundreds of years before is the same fire that you carry in you. We just Mm -hmm. have to find a way to uh, (laughs) uphold it and honor it the best way we can. And I feel like that's what I attempt to do every single day, Um, especially for women who are, who are stepping into these spaces very much. Like you said, um, no support. They are, they are the one, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I just kind of want to, acknowledge that that you're you're one of many we out here uh, <laughs> we, yes, we, we, we we out here yes, we are we, we out here yes that's that's <laughs> that and i and i think it's i think it's just so important to carve out space for that because i think for me i was just so lost and i was confused never once did i think of leaving but i thought mm-hmm. this this surely this shouldn't be this lonely Right. And slowly but surely, because everyone was feeling the same way, you know, and I say this to encourage somebody, if you find somebody, if you find that quote unquote far away mentor or person in the game, in the fields that you want to be in, reach out because it is very likely they are either, they're not very far from that same place themselves or that memory themselves yes. and want to help. Because I think for us, being present in the creative industries, being present in entrepreneurship, being present in tech represents so much more. It mm. represents a, a shift in the legacies. It represents generational wealth. It represents yes. a different life for our children or even family members, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. knowing that some people choose to be child-free 
that's absolutely fine. You're still changing the world for a generation that's still, there's still, there's still people behind you, right? Yes. You don't need to birth them, but there's still people <laughs> behind you that are looking and going, huh? Hmm. Ah, interesting. Yes. So I could that's go there one. too? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, you could, it's time for you to do work. It's like in the UK around age 15, you do work experience, you do two weeks. I can't wait for one of my cousins to be like, I'm interested in tech. Like, yes. you, do you know anybody? I'm just like, yes. So what are the things that you're interested in? Because there's tech everywhere and we can get, who should I be calling? Let's do it. Because it means so much more. Um, and it and it can create such a revolution within our families and our communities and just the wider sphere of what's possible. I grew up in the day and age where consultancy and accounting were the the big cam- career campaigns, right? That yeah. were open to diverse folks. We yeah. have to have like I I'm, I can't I want to see in my lifetime I need to see a similar revolution and I feel like we're in the middle of it a little bit mm-hmm. in tech where it's like we are going to invest money time energy in letting folks know there is a seat for you here if you want it oh and here's how you get to it and here's what you bring along and hit you know because we can have this we can have this conversation all day about mentorship is everywhere give me the coin. Yes. You want to give me a scheme or a program? Great. We've got an internship opportunity. How am I getting to the internship? How am I feeding myself at the internship? Right. Mm-hmm. When we start to talk about equitable programs and things like that, we want to see more of those things. And I guess to turn it back a little bit around in terms of your journey, what does that look like for you as a mom with your three sons? Oh, I mean, for me, I almost feel like I'm living a dream. Like, I know there's going to be hills and bumps and valleys. There's still days where, you know, the bills are pending, you know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's no perfect, um, ideal five-star Caribbeans, like, you know, cruise, like I'm thinking, <laughs> like, you know, there's no, there's no ideal Disneyland moment here. Um, yeah. but I would not want it any other way because I have worked and scrapped and, and really worked my way up, um, to be mm-hmm. where I am. So it doesn't bother me so much, the trials and tribulations, because I know eventually I will get there. Um, yeah. I think it's what's really cool about being able to work with my kids, of course, is we play and, you know, we we do a lot of um, gaming, whether it's tabletop gaming, video games, things along those lines. Mm. Uh, the family that Fortnite's like we do a lot of things that help my children understand that they can strategize to get through things. Mm. Instead of, you know, necessarily relying on a certain system or a person or thing, but they can use their own brain to navigate through life. And I I was very honored just earlier in the month for Black History Month to speak at a class that specifically I got to talk a lot about some of our things that we do as a business, but also celebrate the fact that um, their minds are their biggest tools Mm -hmm. um, to achieve success in life. And uh, yeah. one of the phrases that I constantly use and I share it with the kids is life is more like Tetris and less like Mario. And uh, you wouldn't think that second and third graders would get the heart of the message so quick. Yeah. But I mean, they immediately took on to it. And that's the same thing that I build in my in my family and with my kids. It's not about rushing through life. It's about enduring how to maneuver the right blocks mm. at the right time to level up in life. 
Oh my gosh, that's huge. Because I was going to go there because I was like gaming with the kids. But then when you illustrated it, I've got so many fond memories of playing N64 with my boy cousins and just totally (laughs) vibing. And like, you know, those strong memories when like I basically beat them and they're just like, but you're the Mm -hmm. baby cousin. What's going on here? Let's play again because... I don't trust what just happened here, right? Um, (laughs) As well as those, you know, many hours of just watching until one of them deigns to give you the controller and give you a chance to play because you're the baby of the family, so you can watch us play, but Mm -hmm. you're not going to waste my score or whatever that kind of may be. And there's so much in there, like learning to fail, Mm -hmm. learning to come back again, learning to also do it with grace because we're not going to be sulking around the dinner table like we are. Right. We're here. We're still family, just regardless of what happened with that outcome. Um, but it also being a time to just spend that time together. And it's really interesting because there definitely was a phase, I'm going to say like mid thousands, early thousands, where they were just like, all oh, these kids on this video, these video games, it's so bad. It's destroying your brain cells, et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. And then seeing more research coming out saying, actually, the gaming children... Mm. or the children of the future the negative impact is not that okay maybe the eyesight cool take breaks from any screen like you need to right but the (laughs) skills that they are building Mm. priceless like i grew up hooked on like sims and i that was like a point of shame for me because anyone who plays sims knows that that is a highly addictive game Yes. So then when I walk in and I see my brother playing Minecraft and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's like, this is your, this is your version of this. So yes. as much as I want to yes. take the Mickey and be like, you can put down the remote, like what's going on? I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, if I could play Sims and talk to my friends while I was playing Sims, it would feel like less of a, like a secret thing because yeah. then that's what happened in the pandemic. I'm talking to my girls about how we, how we holding up. And one of them's right. just like, I can't lie. I've re-downloaded Sims 4 onto my laptop. And like, <laughs> me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Break it down. When did you start playing Sims? Because I was there from the beginning, like the Sims beginning. <laughs> oh no, I hopped in at like Sims 2. Oh, which expansion packs do you have? And it's like, ah, uh, yes. Am I cool? Was I cool? Yeah, I didn't I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally that. But again, like, I'm fascinated with people. I day job is a community manager. All other type businesses, career coach, mm-hmm, curiosity yes. about people embedded in there, the understanding of cause and effect, consequences for actions, da 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 da. Even the fact, okay, this is for the people who play Sims, but it's the same in <laughs> any game, right? I love a good Street Fighter as well. Yes, you have a finite amount of life. <laughs> okay, yes. you take a couple hits, that that bar's gonna go down, and you need to recharge. <laughs> You need to retreat to the pod. You're going to need to do something. Send that sim to bed because they're going to start doing some wild things or they're just going right. to fall asleep on the floor. And you're just like, life is like that. Right. <laughs> I have a real life. quantity of energy and certain things take more from me than they get. There's so many analogies. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. I love it. That is priceless. I feel like in a lot of ways, there are so many things that we can take away from any of the generations that are starting to get into gaming, especially this this latest one. I mean, we're looking mm. at young kids. My my toddler can maneuver around the Xbox without without any major navigational mm. issues at all. He's two, so I just feel like in a lot of ways, like we are in a place where we can start using these skill sets that mm. we started in our youth 
and really start to push them to their limits or push them out further um, and working in the adult world of tech mm-hmm. and, and the creative industries. Um, all those times, like you said, look, kind of the, <laughs> we got the picked on, we got teased on because we were, you know, being so techie or waiting our turn while the men mm-hmm. played earlier on. And then we got mm-hmm. our turn later on. Now we're, um, was it black black girls uh black girls game black girls gamers mm-hmm. like one of the yeah. biggest foundational um black, black yeah, girl gaming groups ever established and I think it's so important that we return back to those basics in some mm-hmm. way or fashion and I think it's also a great way of honoring too the origins of the origins of the society that helped kind of sustain and build our imaginations. Um, how can we go back to some of those roots and how can we grow from them? So I, yeah. I love that you say that because I think that's so important that more of us hear that in the in this space as adults, mm. as, as our 20s and our 30s. Of course, we heard it when we were 10 and 8 and 9, but we're hearing it now again in our 20s and it, and it means something different. It feels yeah. different. Yeah, I was... Um... In my building, I was talking to somebody while making a cup of tea, as you do. And I don't even know how we... No, this is how we got there. So we got there because she was admiring my highlighters. Now, for those of you who haven't come to my office, this is what we're dealing with. This is Pride of Place in like on the side of my desk so everybody can kind of see. And she was just like, oh, I love your pens. And I was like, oh, I love them too. And then we just got into things that are our thing, right? And she was just like, I love stationery. I want a printer because sometimes I like to print stuff. But she ended up essentially sharing how her partner, Saturday is his gaming day. Eight hours of gaming or he'll get up early to game. Mm-hmm. And she's not mad at it because she's at the stage in her life where she's just like, you do you because when yeah. I do me, I'm doing me. And yes. actually, if you've had that time for play, for joy, for pleasure, when it's time to sit around the table for dinner, when it's time to spend time with the kids, and to be fair, mm. the kids are playing the game with you. Yes. You're a better you yes. because you've given yourself that time. And I think as adults, we don't do that enough, Pe- like, regardless of whether we're parents or not. It often takes something very stressful and intense for us to remind ourselves, I deserve joy, I deserve play. Yes. Right? And I am I hope I never have that problem because I'm a giant kid anyway. I'll be on the trampoline on the swing, same way. Like I said, it also Yay! helps that I'm small so people don't really question it. But <laughs> it becomes such like a, a, a cycle, a, a hustle cycle, a cycle of denying ourselves pleasure and oh, joy. Yeah. And then we wonder why we, we don't feel connected to our lives. We don't feel connected to our partners. We don't feel connected to the work that we do. It's because we're just, we've been told ourselves, no, I can't have that. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like having the cupcake and it's like, no, I don't. Cupcakes are for other people. Mm. I can't have cupcakes. I need to eat some grapes. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. There's balance with everything. And there's mm. so much that play unlocks. There's so much that it expresses in a way that even like language can't necessarily express. Yes. Right. That's right. It's huge. I love that. It, it immediately releases a lot of um, not only brain activity, but the uh, it kind of opens up, like you said, this, this part of our brain um, that connects in a much different way. Um, and I love, too, that especially with children, we the more that you use that muscle, it's a muscle, right? The more mm. that we use that muscle, the better we are at using it. So we've had that ability to do that as our as young kids, um, as teenagers in our youth. And then we kind of get pushed out of that window 
sometimes forcibly um, mm-hmm. to understand that we don't, we close that window. Now that, 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 that part of life is done. Now we close that mm-hmm. window and we never attempt to open it again until we get much more comfortable in life, either by circumstance or by trial or by pleasure. Then we realize, Oh, we can actually keep that window open. We should never have closed it to begin with. And mm-hmm. I think it's very uh, truth telling um, to how many of us are now thriving in this area of life right now, because mm-hmm. Um, we've either somehow left that window cracked open or we didn't fully close it um, from, from from the very beginning. So I just, I love the fact that gaming reimagines how we walk through a lot of circumstances in life. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Oh, so many lessons. I'm gonna call my cousin. <laughs> I'm gonna I'll see if he's playing games with his daughters. Cause yes. Yes. it's important. It's important. It, it really is. <laughs> Yeah, this is it. And I think, you know, literally, you said Street Fighter. So me and my husband, New Year's Eve, we were like, what do we want to do? And I said, I want to just eat something nice and just play games. When was the last time we just did that? Like, until we both are ready to, like, go to sleep. And I was just like, but I'm not playing the basketball stuff. I'm not good at that stuff. I'm also not good at the football stuff. Can you get me something fighty and then something, like, drivery? And he got, uh, you know, we got the latest Street Fighter. And I was just like, look at this storyline. Look at this character <laughs> right? formation. I was like, this is next level. What's going on? Yeah. You know, <laughs> time of my life with that. Then played like a flying car game. And then one that I didn't quite get into, which was like, you're playing football. So soccer with a car. That one I didn't quite get. But I think that'd be great oh. for our four-year-old nephew. Because it's, it's got a lot going on. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But... I'm in my 30s and that was like the best New Year's Eve ever. Because it was like, when do we get to do this? We we feel like every moment of every day needs to be productive, productive, hustle, move Mm -hmm. forward, learning, growing, stretching. Ah, sit down, pick up the remote and have some good times and exercise, you know, blow the dust off that side of your brain. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I'm going to... I'm going to quote you on that one. <laughs> Blow the Same. dust off that Blow thing. Yes. Off. Exactly. A hundred percent that. Oh, we've gotten into so many things today. Where can people find you, connect with your work, support your work and your mission? Um, well, we have uh, our website, obviously, is our number one place that you can go at lexoctane.com. Um, our blog is still all kinds of really amazing resources, like right now, um, five to six ways that you can help support Black women in tech. Um, we have all kinds of really cool resources just in general around marketing, strategy, and design. And of course, we live on the gram, which you can always follow us on social media, all the socials, any channel at Octane Designs with us. Amazing. Thank you so much, Danielle. This has been an absolute pleasure. I'm also selfishly hoping that this inspires somebody somewhere listening to this to go. Where did I put that console? Where did I put that? And it doesn't even need to be where did I put that console. Folks, we can download the games online on the very laptop that you're probably working on right now, okay? (laughs) I hope this encourages at least one of you to go, let me go and play. Like, that's my hope. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story. Um, It's been a pleasure. Thank you. 
Don't forget to reach out with any gems you took away. My DMs and inbox are always open and waiting to hear. And if you liked this episode, you should probably join the crew. So sign up to the Monday Memo to get weekly messages that put you back at the center of your ambitious career. With passion-filled musings created to educate and inspire, you'll have everything you need to fuel your ambitious career this year. Go to justjazz.co forward slash join and I'll see you there.